The coronavirus pandemic exposed a number of gaps and failures that were lurking in global supply chains. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. When COVID-19 hit, we quickly learned how poorly supply chains were positioned to cope with a crisis of that size. Reserves of emergency items like personal protective equipment were found to be severely lacking, as was our ability to replenish critical stocks. Everyday food and household items also encountered serious disruptions in supply. So what have we learned from this experience that we can carry forward into a post-pandemic future? On this episode, we discuss the question of supply chain resilience and response with Mahesh Varina. He is a veteran Silicon Valley entrepreneur and president and CEO of Cloudleaf. We'll address the problem of achieving visibility over multi-tier supply chains, as well as the permanent changes in global trade and manufacturing patterns that we might be seeing as a result of this pandemic. So here is my conversation with Mahesh Varina. Mahesh Farina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob. Pleasure to be here. Mahesh, what have we learned from this pandemic about where are the gaps and failures in supply chain visibility? Great question, Bob. What this pandemic showed us, this is unlike any other instance before. It's, first of all, not a single point failure. It's a multi-point failure, right? At the same instance, you have trade lanes that were available before, not available any longer, multiple Mm -hmm. sites not being available, and sometimes supply side issues. And then same thing on the distribution side and plant capacity. So it's become a multi-point failure all happening at the same time. And how do you cope with that? Even before that, of course, there were many issues with regard to supply chain visibility. Before this happened, where typically would you see those failures? Where would be the black holes of information? Where would be the point at which communication within supply chains typically would break down? Typically, if you look at historically how supply chains were architected, there are many, many gaps in the system. Over the last 20 years, supply chains are architected with, you have ERP systems for managing your planning and so on. You have warehouse management systems, transportation management systems, MES systems like the manufacturing floor systems, right? And all these work great as long as they're like in their silo but they never communicated with each other very well, right? So a lot of data silos, data fragmentation, and in the current context, modern world, you want to know the many, many gaps between the systems. You want to know in real time what's happening. When your material, when when something is produced, you know it's in great condition. But once Mm -hmm. you start shipping it, all kinds of things seems to go wrong, right? So those gaps between all these systems and the things are in transit, are where the major black holes are, right? When a pallet leaves your factory, what's happening to it? Where is it in the journey? If it's a multimodal journey on the truck, what's the condition? When it hits the airport, did it really get on the plane? No visibility into these things. 
Do you think that companies up to now simply accepted that as the status quo and that no, it no longer is possible to do so because of the criticality of supply chains? Do you think they sort of shrug their shoulders and say, well, that's the way it is? Or did they not even know that they had these blind spots and gaps in their supply chains? Well, they do know to some extent, right? But more like a transactional system. In your ERP, you knew it left here, it's on its way, the detail in between is lost, and then once it gets to the customer, you know what happened, right? Did it get there on time? So did it get there on time, intact? Is it in compliance along the way? These are details missing. But what I call this new modern Amazon effect, the consumer behavior and hence even the B2B behavior has shifted quite a bit. You are on your phone and you click, click and expect same day delivery, next day deliveries, right? Mm -hmm. So you know the continuous journey of where your product is and what condition is it in. Now, similar level of precision is being expected in when you're shipping vaccines. What is the condition? Where is it? Is it going to arrive on time? Is it in compliance along the way, right? All this data historically wasn't real time. It was measured more for compliance reasons, things like that. But today, it's become imperative knowing precisely where your stuff is, what's going on with it all the time, right? So you can yeah. help serve your customers better, reduce your losses, right? And sometimes these are life critical when you're shipping vaccines and blood plasma and material like that. Yeah, we've certainly learned our lesson when it comes to the criticality of, of essential types of products. I mean, what is the current situation right now with regard to the availability of personal protective equipment? How is it being addressed, if at all, to make sure that we do have visibility of that and it is moving in the supply chain? No, definitely. As the pandemic, that was one of the big confusions, right? Like having your ventilators right supply at the right place, right time. Not that there are not enough of it, but the distribution of it and where are they sitting and how can you move them where it's needed? So that visibility, those systems still are not fully in place, I would say there was a quick reactive measures that were taken. But more and more, we learned a lot from that from the early phase. Now with this, as the COVID vaccine trials happen and large-scale deployments need to happen starting late this year to early next year, a lot of things going on. How do you understand where is the supply and demand? How much of it is moving? Where is the inventory sitting? What condition is it in? So that entire distribution chain and logistics and visibility into that is going to be a Herculean effort, uh, Bob. So there is a lot of work going on in that. These are still newer systems. And how do you use these uh, capabilities to smoothen this process out, right? That's in the works now. Companies, of course, are now only now learning the lesson of the need to diversify their supplier base, not only to get more suppliers in the mix, but sometimes have to completely retool or re or pivot into what is actually being manufactured. Of course, all those are desirable traits, but at the same time, don't they add to the complexity of supply chain? Don't they create additional blind spots that make it even harder to manage? Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. So there is a lot of all the geopolitical trade tensions and so on has created a lot more regionalization and bring sources of supply closer to home. So that creates additional complexity. How do you stand up new manufacturing capacity, right? Even if you did, how do you manage all this into your normal flow of materials and all that? So it definitely adds to the complex and more blind spots to manage. 
And of course, as if that weren't enough, I thought with the pandemic and the economic recession were bad enough, now we have the fire season. What are some of the risks and considerations there? I mean, how are companies responding to that? Is that just more of the same or how are they dealing with that? That must cause even additional challenges. No, absolutely. These are at least a little bit known challenges we have, but it all, all of these things happening at the same time definitely stretches the resources thin and everything. So the technology more and more technologies and this digitization is being deployed, right? With fires happening, hurricanes happening. We are now mm-hmm. entering our traditional flu season towards the end of the year. And then you're yet dealing with a pandemic, right? So I yeah. think more and more, what this has done, Bob, is this what I call this digital transformation as, uh, efforts have been around in all the companies last year and year for years. But now they accelerated by at least 12 to 18 months, especially in the critical sectors like in pharma life sciences, food and beverage, things like that. How do you kind of manage the entire supply chain better, eliminate the blind spots? And supply chains historically are built more around planning-centric view and how many of these should we make? Where should we place them? That's the kind of view it was built in. But more Mm -hmm. and more now, it's a demand-centric, demand-driven kind of network. That's what they've become. And also having this continuous real-time visibility on what is happening through your execution and be able to better respond to it and mitigate things, right, has become paramount. So a lot of effort is going on at every level, right, whether it's in the operation warp speed, the hospitals where they administer the patient care, manufacturers themselves, and the entire ecosystem is gearing up for that bug. But more and more technology will come to help. What is the magic of of digitization, though? What is it about digitization that allows a supply chain, first of all, to get better visibility into actual demand of the moment, and secondly, to be able to respond to it, to be able to take that signal and move it all the way up the supply chain to your suppliers? Why is digital the magic formula here? First of all, digital is not new, being used many places over the years. But what's new now is a lot of manual processes are getting digitized and areas where there is no information, right? You can Mm -hmm. now put sensors and automate acquisition of that signal. So there are, we talk about three kinds of signals that are needed. One is the sensory signals about the location, timestamp, condition, where is it, right? And what condition is it in? That kind of signal. Then there is contextual signals whether it's uh, sitting at a port and delayed or sitting at a customs and hasn't cleared or weather is bad. So you are accumulating digitally all these signals. Some of these signals already are sitting out there through APIs and all that. Bringing all of that into one place and being able to apply technologies like AI, ML, which are now very advanced, to process this data, large volumes of data, and giving timely visibility into what is happening and how do you react to it quickly or sometimes proactively make decisions before things happen and giving you leading indicators and insights. That's Mm -hmm. the new power of the digital, and that's what this is helping with. So those are systems now being deployed proactively, Bob, and that process has accelerated. Are they being deployed to the extent that it provides us with this visibility up the supply chain through multiple supplier tiers beyond tier one? Are we managing to do that 
or is that still a huge challenge? That is, I would say, still a huge challenge. A great question. The way we look at supply chains, it's a source, make, distribute, right? The three big segments. The distribute side, they've been very aware of this because you are serving your customers. You want to be on time, keep your customer satisfaction up and reduce losses, all of that. That's been uh, always a big focus. Now, the sourcing side has really been highlighted, especially in several industries when there is a multi-tier network, like you said, tier one, tier two, tier three, very hard to go down this multi-tier network to understand if a single part is missing, sometimes your whole production is held up, right? Mm -hmm. So that's still a challenge, I would say. It's not easy to get down to that many layers and instruments that to get visibility and data. And a lot of times it's not just technology. It's a process and organizational challenges when it's spread across the globe, the way supply chains are right now. But efforts are being put in place and interesting new technologies coming up on how do you feed multi-tier data into systems so that you can get better visibility and risk analysis and what's happening. It seems like in some cases, OEMs and brands are not even aware of who their suppliers are when you get up into tier two, tier three, tier four, and and beyond. I mean, if you don't know who they are, how can you even begin to get visibility of them? Is that a problem? Absolutely. Hit the nail. It's a difficult challenge. It's not easy. Let's say you're making a a large-scale aircraft engine or a computer server. There are many thousands of parts. And there are so many sub-tier suppliers into that to get visibility down to that. Now efforts are being put in place to look at like the entire bill of materials and what mm-hmm. is the source down to every part. Do we have an alternate supplier? Is this ethically sourced? I mean, not only just the visibility into availability, Bob, there is questions about ethical sourcing, sustainability, right? Risks, security, and all these are now have come to the fore. And there is a very deepened focus on the whole security aspect and where is it coming from and so on. And I think that will become more and more focused in the next few years now. And the systems Mm -hmm. today can't handle that. To what extent is this technology and business process change being brought to bear on just existing supply chains versus companies actually rethinking and retooling and redesigning their supply chains completely? I'm referring specifically to the idea of nearshoring or even reshoring manufacturing that was happening in Asia bringing it back to the Western Hemisphere in order thereby to get closer to your suppliers and thereby also achieve better visibility. Is that really happening or are people just really talking about that right now? No, definitely. We've heard many instances where a lot of, especially with this in the light of this pandemic and so on, we read this all the time in the news as well. You take the pharma industry, a lot of the APIs are produced in China, for example. And then the actual putting them together into a Tylenol or whatever is happening in India and dependent on. So there is definitely not only in pharma life sciences, in many industries that nearshoring is definitely happening as a trend. And over time, you'll see more and more of it moving, more regionalization to give you more resiliency, right, in, in cases like these pandemics and other disruptions. Mm-hmm. And that changes how you design your network. How do you get, yes, visibility gets a little better, but then the processes shift and the process change is one of the big ones. And that's where a lot of these digitization and automating stuff rather than depending on manual means, 
will help the process, I think. It takes a long time to change your sourcing strategy to that extent, though. I would imagine that the technology can help you certainly in the meantime with your existing supply yeah. chain, right? Right. No, absolutely. Technologies are definitely helping. This is a staged process, right? This is probably a transformation we'll see over the next decade or so as things happen unfold, right? We're talking about $38 trillion of trade happening across the globe, and a lot of that will shift as part of this digitization and supply chain transformation trends. Yeah. Okay, so... Here's what I don't understand. According to at least some research, only 21% of supply chain professionals name visibility as their biggest challenge, and 63% of organizations have yet to deploy technology to monitor supply chain performance. Now, in the face of these crises that we're facing now, what is going on? Why are companies so slow to wake up and embrace these opportunities? Great question. I think this definitely, this pandemic definitely, as I said, highlighted and accelerated the whole trend. It's not that people are not aware, Bob, through the last couple of years, we see as an industry as a whole, a lot of awareness about it. But just like any other industry, the maturity curve, you have the leaders, the top 5% that are very aggressively adapting digitization strategies, deploying technologies, retooling their networks and all that. Then you have, I would call these fast follower types, the top 30, 40% that are thinking about it, they're healthy businesses and so on. Then the third bunch is the laggards who are really behind the curve, right? So that's what that stat very clearly shows that that she quoted 63% are not there, but a good chunk of them through this pandemic now would have embraced digitization. And over Mm -hmm. the next 24 months, we see a rapid uh, change coming. Some of the industries, honestly, this is a existential threat or a question. In the next 18 months, if you don't digitize and understand where you are, how your supply is behaving, how is the demand signal being taken, it'll be very hard to compete in the market. Maybe, just maybe, this is what it takes to get companies to wake up and, and make the necessary moves. But Mahesh Virina, I want to thank you so much for joining us today to talk about the challenge of supply chain visibility in such difficult times and how companies might address it and supply chains might address it going forward. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. That was my conversation with Mahesh Farina of Cloudleaf, talking about lessons from the pandemic about supply chain resilience and visibility. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time. <laughs>